Hi, I'm Rebecca. I'm Sarah. And I'm Allie, and you're listening to Desk Chair Detectives. Hello. Hello. Do your central voice, Allie. Hello. (laughs) Hello. Siri. (laughs) Hey, Siri, what are we doing our episode on today? Um, oh my god, not- my phone. <laughs> I just picked that up. <laughs> um, I'm actually doing a musical rendition of season two of Stranger Things. Oh, I am <laughs> down for it. Could you imagine? Oh my god. Hey. Cut this out. It would be longer than five minutes. We did say all things spooky, and I don't know how your singing voice is, but it's pretty spooky. It could be frightening. <laughs> Yeah, it's scary. Um, spooky singy today. Yeah, I got a little spooky singy number for you. <laughs> Mama Mia. <woo. laughs> Please leave that in. <laughs> Did you see that? Do you guys watch Stranger Things? Yeah. Did no, I that? gave up. I thought it was boring. <gasps> Don't come new- for me. Oh, it's mm. okay. The new season's coming out soon. I'm excited. I know, me too. They're so old, though. You know. <laughs> they grew up so fast. Are they still passing them off as like children though, or are they? Well, they are children. I don't think. Well, they did. (laughs) They did. They did. Like, I think their thing is like they film far apart because they want the kids to actually look older. I think they like. So, like last season, they were like having relate their first relationships and like that kind of stuff because they're like fourteen and fifteen now. Gotcha. Um, So now they're probably like sixteen, seventeen yeah i think you're right yeah so it's like kind of cool they're not it's not like um like glee when they had like 42 year olds playing 16 year old you know yeah or like literally the, like the big bully guy i don't even remember what his name Puck. was Puck, rest in peace oh Puck. no the other one the, oh oh um the, was his, friends with the, the hockey guy. player right he was like yeah he wore like the varsity jacket yeah he was the one that turned out to be gay and that's why he was yes. like, beating up yeah. everyone yeah, I remember seeing that and I was like, you're 30. You're <laughs> full-blown adult. Aren't you're you? wearing a hairpiece. <laughs> <laughs> was it like one of the teachers like actually younger than one of the kids? Oh, probably. Corey yeah, Monty was rest in peace. He was like 35 playing a 16-year-old. Yeah. And I think Matthew Morrison had to have been around that age. Yeah. That's anyway. one of my biggest pet peeves. Like, you just kept... It's so when you cast like an old person as like a really young person, and then I also really hate when they cast a skinny person as a fat person and just put them in a terrible fat suit. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. fucking like, terrible. Just hire a fat actress, it's not yeah. that hard. Have you seen? I didn't watch this movie, but uh, Emma Stone playing a Hawaiian woman. Oh, that's no. problematic. I think it what was, movie I think the movie was, was, I think it's called Aloha, I think that's what it's called, but yeah, she played How original. Yeah, she played like a Hawaiian woman. <laughs> like America's oh. Next Top Model. Do you remember that season where they had them do the photo shoot where they yes. changed their ethnicity? Their ethnicity? <laughs> no, they, they didn't like, even literally... try to change her. She was just a white woman playing a Hawaiian woman. <laughs> well, hey, Dog the Bounty Hunter's white and he was on he lived in Hawaii. Oh, did he? Yeah. He's everywhere. I love Dog the Bounty Hunter. Collecting. I really I really thought he was gonna find Brian Laundry. I really thought mm. he was gonna be our be the one. Yeah. That would have been insane. <laughs> Anywho. 
All right. Are you ready? I'm actually not doing a musical rendition of Stranger Things season two, but maybe next time. (laughs) All right. What are you doing if you're not doing that? (laughs) Okay. So this week, I'm going to tell you about the woman who was dubbed America's first serial killer. (gasps) But I mean, the title is totally up to debate and inaccurate, (laughs) given she didn't start these killings until... 1989 but the title stuck for like the whole process gotcha. maybe like the first well-known or like notorious one that yeah maybe yeah it was like that's just how they addressed her like in the papers and the news and stuff like that's just the name that stuck I guess mm. we'll um, be the judge of that we'll see yeah. we'll see what we decide um but what I found was really interesting was she was the first woman in america to ever be profiled by the fbi as a serial killer oh like criminal yeah. minds style. yes i okay. literally wrote in here and i was like as a lover of criminal minds i love that <laughs> <laughs> i'm kind of i know i don't know anything about this or who it is so far but i'm kind of rooting for her already is that bad it's i mean i'm <laughs> i have some opinions i think we'll all have opinions about her at the end that we can talk through okay because, like, when I've seen her depicted in things, I've been like, wow, she's an awful person. But then when I, I read about her, like, background and her life, I was like, oh, my God, she was never given a fair shake at life. And I think I know who it is. You probably do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to tell you about the serial killer, Eileen Wuornos. Yep. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> she's, in my serial, she's in my serial killer coloring book. This is good because I don't know a lot about her. I saw that movie um, Monster. Yes, that's why I, I actually did. I did it. I saw the movie like not that long ago. I think it was on Netflix. Yeah, but I'm so I'm glad and, you're doing this. And the documentary Evil Genius is about her as well. Oh, oh I have that in my yeah. list. I didn't start it yet. That one's good. And then I don't know if this is the one you were talking about, but they just released something on Hulu where a Disney Channel like actress plays her. Oh. in in like a limited series oh. it's like the same limited series where chad michael murray plays ted bundy yeah i was just gonna say oh, real quick okay. before we get into that 10 out of 10 do not recommend that movie oh I, yeah i it was I so bad did we talk about it last time i i think or we, we might have mentioned talking. something about it i don't but remember but i watched I it over I the weekend it, it was yeah. not great <laughs> i watched it this weekend and like i don't know why i was under the impression that chad michael murray was a good actor maybe because i see like, right like i thought he was good on like one tree hill and like gilmore girls and stuff cinderella story you, cinderella story had my heart nothing <laughs> well he plays that he plays that yes sure like yeah. gilmore girls like yeah. cinderella story one tree hill he plays the same dude like mm-hmm. he can't play ted bundy it was like like I thought Zach Efron did a really good Zach job. Efron yes, don't play yeah. Ted Bundy. Yeah, I was like, Chad Michael really Murray, get out of here with your creepiness. You cannot play a creepy person. <laughs> Anyways, I he also knows. sucked in Riverdale too. He played like a <gasps> oh my god, he was a cult leader. Yes, yeah. I thought he did a shitty job at that too. No shade, Michael Chad Michael Murray. A little play shade. Like, play Go to your strengths. Yeah. Play to your strengths. Yeah. <laughs> play play like a hot basketball dad now or something. Yeah. Yeah. That could be worth it for him, I think. <laughs> um, all right. So we'll start from the beginning. Sorry. <laughs> Please excuse Chad Michael Murray from the combo. He'll be back. <laughs> um, 
So like I said, Eileen really didn't have a fair shake at life. She was born in Rochester, Michigan in 1956. Her mother, Diane, was only 14 (gasps) years old when she married Eileen's father, Leo, who was 18 at the time. After less than two years of marriage, Diane filed for divorce from Leo. Eileen never met her father, who was a diagnosed schizophrenic. He was convicted of raping a seven-year-old girl and was in prison at the time of Eileen's birth. Oh, no. He ended up committing suicide in prison when Eileen was around 13 years old. Good. Bye. Yeah. Won't listen. Um, Two months after Diane filed for divorce, she gave birth to Eileen at the ripe old age of 16. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Um, When Eileen was almost four years old, Diane abandoned her and her older brother, Keith, with her grandparents, who ended up legally adopting them in 1960. The children's grandparents, Lori and Britta, were alcoholics. Big fan of his wife. I know. I was like... (laughs) Is Lori the grandma, the grandpa, is Britta the grandma, the grandfather? I don't know. <laughs> I think uh, Britta's a girl's name. No? Or is that the girl's well, like, name? Uh, well, Lori was... Uh, hmm. I, I just think of the girl from Community. Her name is Britta in the show. It could be. But anyway. Um, so Eileen said that when she was a child, her grandfather would make her take off her clothes, beat her, and sexually assault her. That's not oh. good. Yeah. By the age of 11, Eileen had been engaging in sexual activity in exchange for cigarettes, drugs, food, and money. Oh, Eileen. Yeah. I, as an 11-year-old, didn't know anything about sex or anything else. Yeah, that's <laughs> so sad. That is sad. She also said that she had a sexual relationship with her brother. No. And whether it was consensual or not at any point is a little unclear to me since I kind of saw conflicting reports when I was looking it up but either way it's not good I mean at that age it's not like it's not consensual like yeah well they're only they were a year apart so I don't know what happened when they were like I know but for both of them it just shows it just shows that there was so much like terrible things going on like they did literally didn't know she was clearly yeah. like manipulated and brainwashed at an early age to think yeah. things like that were okay and normal. Right. So at the age of 14, Eileen became pregnant Ugh. after being raped by one of her grandfather's friends. Oh, God. No. Ugh. Yeah. She gave birth to the baby, which was a boy, at a home for unwed mothers in 1971, and he was given up for adoption. I don't like this one, Allie. I told, I told you it's pretty sad. There's not like one happy moment. Yeah, I, I, I didn't knew nothing about like her life before, right? but it's making sense now. Exactly. Like I see yeah. her depicted and things like she was a character in like American Horror Story and like that movie yeah. Monster. But like you don't hear about this other stuff that yeah she grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. Not that it justifies anything. No, exactly. But like yeah. it, it kind of makes sense why. <laughs> I'm on the fence. <laughs> if she killed grandpa, then yeah, justified. <laughs> true, true. All right. Um, so after her son was born and given up for adoption, Eileen dropped out of school and began spending more time away from home. Her grandmother eventually died of liver failure 
around the same time. So her grandfather eventually did kick her out of the house because she was kind of just never around and was developing uh, behavioral issues as one would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess. Surprising. Yeah. yeah. Um, she began hitchhiking everywhere and lived in the woods near her former home. It was at this point that her criminal activity escalated, which like obviously it would if you need to support yourself and yeah. do what you got to do. Um, when Eileen was 18, she was arrested for driving under the influence, disorderly conduct, and firing a gun out of a moving vehicle. There, she was charged with failing to appear in court. Two years later, 20-year-old Eileen hitchhiked her way to Florida, where she met 69-year-old yacht club president Louis Gratz Fell. They married soon after. However, her life did not take a turn for the better. Wait, so she just, I'll run away was just like hey let me marry this yacht club guy yeah i mean she was 20 years old so she could kind of go as she Uh. pleased and i guess her grandfather did not give a fuck that's true yeah (laughs) yeah she had no one looking out for her yeah nobody um so they married she found she found like a guy that had money though (laughs) not for long (laughs) true (laughs) um she continued to involve herself in confrontations and even ended up in jail for assault. At one point, she hit her husband with his own cane, which <laughs> the fact that which it's like his own cane. Yes, yeah, like I'm a 20 year old girl is like hitting this man, her husband with a cane. <laughs> oh man. Um, so as a result of this, he ended up filing a restraining order against her. This was only like a couple weeks into their marriage um mm -hmm, yeah totally i would also file a restraining order (laughs) after returning home to michigan eileen and lewis annulled their marriage after only nine weeks Mm -hmm. shortly after this eileen was arrested and charged with assault and disturbing the peace for throwing a cue ball at a bartender's head well did he deserve it (laughs) (laughs) did he cut her off yeah (laughs) um in 1980 eileen's brother keith died from cancer which awarded her ten thousand dollars in life insurance money she used the money to pay off a drunk driving fine and then spent the rest within two months on other luxuries including a new car that she wrecked within two months oh wait how do you she only had ten thousand dollars well in the 80s in the 80s oh we were in the 80s okay yeah. Not like not like these prices these days. <laughs> <laughs> um so it was at this point that Eileen moved to Florida and continued her work as a prostitute. In Florida, she continued her rampage. She was arrested for armed robbery, in which she only got $35 and two packs of cigarettes. Oh, not worth it. No. After spending almost a year in prison, she was released and arrested again in an attempt to pass forged checks. Like, at what point does someone, like, see what's happening? It's like, you know what? She needs help. Like, she needs assistance. Yeah, well, that's the sad part is she didn't have any of those people. Like, nobody Nobody gave a shit about her, apparently. And you know the government doesn't give a shit about people. Like, when when people get arrested multiple times for different things, probably the same like petty things, like a, what is it? Robbery, like a, like assault, throwing a cue ball at a 
at a, somebody's yeah. head. Yeah. Like those aren't offenses that'll get you in jail for a while. But even when the system sees people like with multiple offenses like that, they don't care. That's so sad. Yeah. Um, so it's safe to say that Eileen Wernos had a toxic home life and an endless rap sheet. I'm sure there's way more other incidents she had that I'm just not including, but I just wanted to give you a little background on the type of mischief she did get into. But I also think it's important to mention that between the ages of 14 and 22, she attempted suicide six times. (gasps) Oh, wow. Yeah. So sad. One. And I know like I read one time that, um, she tried by shooting herself in the stomach. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. That so, is terrible. So, like, obviously, this woman was hurting from the moment she was born and seemed to never have a chance at a nor- normal life. And I'm not saying that everything she did up to this point, and what I'm about to talk to next, justified her actions, but I think it kind of gives you a good background on. Yeah, some insight into like her mindset mm-hmm. and. Yeah. yeah, and what like led her down this path to becoming a serial killer. And yeah. what she thinks is normal too. Like she has right. no guidance of what to do and what not to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In 1986, three-year-old Eileen met Tyria Moore, a hotel maid at a gay bar in Daytona Beach, Florida. They moved in together quickly and began an intense romantic relationship that wouldn't end until Eileen's last arrest in 1991. Eileen's relationship with Tyria was actually her second relationship with a woman. Um, Although most of her clients were middle-aged, low to middle-class white men. Eileen supported the two of them with her prostitution. Um, During the course of their relationship, the two would sell stolen items to pawn shops to make some extra cash as well. And Tyria, I guess like, didn't really know that she was supporting them with prostitution for a little while. And then she tried to get her to stop, but I don't think she ever did. Hmm. So July 4th, 1990, Eileen and Tyria crashed a stolen car belonging to a man named Peter Sims. Sims? Sam. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> um, A witness to the incident, Rhonda Bailey, went to the police and provided a description of the two women. This began a media campaign within the area to locate them. During the investigation, the police found some of Peter's belongings in a pawn shop. Eileen's fingerprints were found on the receipt there, which matched the prints found in Peter's car because, like, she had to get her fingerprints taken all those times she was arrested. So it was pretty easy to, like, track her down. Mm -hmm. Um, they didn't actually arrest her until January, 1991. So I don't know, I guess they just couldn't find her or the the investigation was taking a while. Hmm. Um, and two days later, police found Tyria in Scranton, Pennsylvania. She agreed to get a confession out of Eileen about what happened to Peter in exchange for immunity. Tyria returned to Florida with the police where they put her up in a motel. For three days, Tyria pleaded with Eileen for help in clearing her name of any wrongdoing. Finally, on day three, Eileen confessed to the murder of Peter, as well as several other men. Like, unprovoked the other men? Yeah, so I'll tell you about it. (laughs) I think, like, yeah, you guys are going to have some opinions. I, after reading more about her, I definitely... I don't know. We'll see. I want to see what you guys think at the end. 
Um, So Eileen confessed to robbing and killing a total of seven men between 1989 and 1990. So only a year. Her first victim, Richard Mallory, was killed in November 1989. Richard, an electronics store owner, had been previously convicted for attempted rape in Maryland. Eileen claimed that after hiring her for her services, Richard drove her to an abandoned area and proceeded to beat, rape, and sodomize her. Okay, he deserved that. Next. Who's he the had next it guy? coming. <laughs> <laughs> he had it coming. For those of We're you who didn't want into a spooky singing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're delivering. <laughs> um, she claimed she killed him in self-defense. Although his car was found only two days later, his body wasn't found until December 13th. He had been shot several times with two bullets to his left lung being the cause of death. Her second victim, David Andrew Spears, was a construction worker. His naked body was found along U.S. Route 19 in Florida. He had been shot six times. I might butcher this man's last name. Charles Edmund Carksiden. Carksiden? Sounds like the last name. So Charles, good old Charlie. Good old Charles. He was, he worked part-time at a rodeo. His (laughs) Florida man. I hate rodeos. Florida's crazy. Some of these guys had some weird jobs. There's another one where I was sleeping and laughing. I'll get to it in a second. Um, His body was found wrapped in an electric blanket and was badly decomposing when he was found. In addition, witnesses saw Eileen with Charles's car. Troy Eugene Burris was a sausage salesman. Mm-hmm. A sausage salesman. I just want to know, like, I want to know what he did on his day to day. I'm so interested. Or like, how do you get into sausage sausage <laughs> right. sales? Wait, did you ever watch um, Secret Life of the American Teenager? I wasn't allowed to so watch that. Long. I you did, but so long ago. The um, her like boyfriend, not the one she has a baby with, the one who like the other one. The her like yeah, um, his dad is the sausage king. He's like he's so he sausage. is <laughs> yeah. That's I do not the, remember the show in the show. He was like the heir to the sausage king all. throne. Dead. <laughs> I don't remember that show at all. I just remember trying to watch it after like season one, and I was like, wow, this acting is rough i was not allowed to watch it when it aired but then like i i saw an episode like years afterwards and i was like thank god i didn't watch the show because the acting is so so bad and the stories are crazy like literally everyone is pregnant every female in that show (laughs) became pregnant including the parents yeah it's crazy no woman was safe no woman was safe. i just need to say (laughs) molly ringwald why did you do that show no idea (sighs) not a clue (laughs) um anyway death (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyway i mean um so yes he was a sausage that's what i said before i was like sausage uh he was a sausage salesman his body was found in a wooded area off a state road and he had been shot twice Charles Richard Humphreys was a retired U.S. Air Force major, formal state child abuse investigator, and a former chief of police. His body was found fully clothed one day after his murder. He had been shot six times in the head and torso. Walter Gino Antonio was a trucker, security guard, and reserve police officer. Antonio's nearly naked body was found near a remote road. He was shot four times. Peter Abraham Sims 
was a retired seaman. Richard's body was the only one never found, but Eileen admitted to killing him. And that was the stolen car that they were found with. Gotcha. So Eileen claimed that all seven men had attempted to rape her and that she killed them in self-defense. In January 1992, Eileen went to trial for the murder of Richard Mallory. Previous criminal activity was usually inadmissible in trials, but under Florida's Williams rule, the prosecution was allowed to introduce evidence related to her criminal history in order to establish a pattern. Eileen's defense attempted to introduce evidence that Richard was previously convicted of rape in Maryland and served time in the maximum security correctional facility that provided like remediation to sexual offenders. Um, And he ended up staying there for eight years. It was observed there that Richard was had strong sociopathic tendencies. Oh, geez. Hmm. However, (laughs) the judge refused to allow these records to be admitted in court as evidence. Eileen was convicted for Richard's murder on January 27th, 1992, with the help of Tyria's testimony. Why wasn't that allowed? If, like, I'm not trying to, like, make a defense for a murderer, but, like, if her past was allowed in court, how come his wasn't? Yeah. Yes, that's how I feel like. Was this judge a man? Probably. Probably, yeah. yeah. In the 80s, probably. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Still, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree, and that's, like, I'm not saying anything she did was right. She's totally guilty of killing all these people, but that, I was, like, fair. you can have her history, you can't have his history, like, I don't know. It's just because she's a prostitute and he's dead. I don't know. I didn't think that was fair either, but who am I to say? (laughs) Um, At her sentencing, psychiatrists for the defense testified that Eileen was mentally unstable and diagnosed her with borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. Four days later, she was sentenced to death. Just for the one guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. yeah this is florida you said still or was she yes from- okay. this is florida this all happened in florida yeah that tracks yeah <laughs> um so in march of the same year eileen pleaded no contest to the murders of charles richard humphreys troy eugene burris and david andrew spears she said she quote wanted to get right with god okay It was during this trial that Eileen stated, I wanted to confess to you that Richard Mallory did violently rape me, as I've told you, but these others did not. They only began to start to. Like she was triggered by like something they did or Mm -hmm. like they were. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like as a, if you're working as a prostitute, like I would believe that these men were taking advantage like even though like they're paying for it and it's like her service like yeah it's if she right. still says no and doesn't want it to happen then it shouldn't happen yeah absolutely like, just because she's a sex worker doesn't mean you yeah. get to like be violent or aggressive and i'm sure she was like i mean i think i'm just gonna say it i think i'm team Aileen, 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 Aileen. Aileen? I'm pronouncing Aileen. <laughs> I'm, I'm Team AW. I just feel like yeah. 
she I mean clearly she went through like so much stuff that like probably the second someone was started to be aggressive with her she was like so triggered and yeah and like she's had so many shitty experiences with men she has no other skills that the only thing she knows how to do is sell her body and be a sex worker so like when something happens with these men and she's triggered or uncomfortable and she says no and they're aggressive because they paid for a service like that still counts as rape that is right like do i think she should have killed people no do i wish she would have like went and got professional help yes but you know Maybe she was doing the world a bit of a favor. <laughs> like Dexter. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good show. Yeah. Um, Sorry, keep going. Oh, it's okay. I'm just trying to figure out where I was. Oh, okay. In May, Eileen was handed three more death, death sentences as a result of that trial. In June, she pleaded guilty to the murder of Charles Edmund Karskadon. <laughs> Your favorite. So, so sorry to the family. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And by November 5th, wow, that was wrong. And by November, she received her fifth death death sentence. Wow. (laughs) So, five death death sentences for seven, or are we still missing two? There's five so far. (laughs) Okay. At this point, we have five. We are at five. Caught it. In February 1993, she pleaded guilty to the murder of Walter Gino Antonio and was sentenced to death once again. No charges were ever brought against her for the murder of Peter Abrams. No charges were ever brought against her for the murder of Peter Abraham Sims since his body was never found. In total, Eileen received six death sentences. I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like in all these like cases I read, it's like super hard for people to get the death sentence. Maybe like more nowadays, but even like I don't know. I just do you think do you think it has anything to do with the fact that she came out and said, "Hey, I killed these guys"? Because a lot of the people that we talk about that have death sentences, like always are like no I'm not guilty yeah, I, yeah. and like all of these like notorious serial killers like they don't even tell people who most of their victims are yeah. like they have lists but they're like oh well there's so many more but she came yeah. forward and told police willingly right. who she killed yeah it could be sure. a possibility yeah because it's like coming from her mouth so it's like all right well death sentence then yeah, yeah. And, and it's it probably like, she's like i'm sorry she was like yeah i did it yeah yeah, yeah. and it, it's probably like easier in certain states yeah, to get through and I, I think if florida i would think florida yeah. and like maybe like texas or like yeah. i have no yeah. idea that's a guess <laughs> yeah um so eileen was inconsistent in her retelling of the stories although she initially claimed that all seven men had raped her while she was working at a as a prostitute she later recanted after this she cited robbery as her motive and didn't want to leave any witnesses i take back what i said before i'm no longer team aw well at the same time though like (laughs) we also don't know like her response to trauma like it could have like she could have thought it was rape wasn't rape maybe it was rape but then like you know like she was mentally ill too so like her mind could have not that i'm trying to like make excuses for her and try to like figure that out but I take I back know, like, my take back. I am now again <laughs> Team AW. I don't know. And she could have felt shame too for everything. 
Well, the next thing I'm about to tell you might make you stay on, on team AW. Okay. Mm -hmm. However, during an interview with a filmmaker, when Eileen thought the cameras were off, she admitted that she had been telling the truth and she did kill all these men in self-defense. At this point, she had been on death row for 10 years and could no longer take it. She just wanted to die. Oh, God. That's another thing. Like, she commit, tried to commit suicide, what, six times over the span of seven years? Like, maybe yeah. she also wanted to die and yeah. was like, yeah, I killed these people. Right. Right. Because even if you feel, like, even when people kill someone in self-defense, you still killed a person. Like, that still, like, sits with you. Yeah. And right. Like, sure, Absolutely. You know, she's obviously not the most mentally stable person to begin with. And then. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. Yeah, there's plenty of people who, like, have killed in self-defense that I'm sure regret ever doing that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe she just wanted the whole thing to be over, too. Yeah. Um, So Eileen's appeal to the Supreme Court was denied in 1996. In 2001, she announced that she would not issue any further appeals against her death sentence. She petitioned the Florida Supreme Court for the right to fire her legal counsel and stop all appeals, saying, I killed those men, robbed them as cold as ice, and I'd do it again too. There's no chance in keeping me alive or anything because I'd kill again. I have hate crawling through my system. I am so sick of hearing this, she's crazy stuff. I've been evaluated so many times. I'm competent, sane, and I'm trying to tell the truth. I'm one who seriously hates human life and would kill again. Wow. Oh. Yeah. What kind of like her? <laughs> I, like, I can't help but feel bad for her. Yeah. I know. Well, that's, so that's the thing. When I was writing this whole thing, I was like, okay, like I've seen depictions of her and I know she's like insane and like has been depicted as like a crazy, like out of control person. Yeah. And the more I heard about her backstory, I just like, felt so bad for her and i wish someone would have been on her side at any point in her life yeah like it's you just go so through upsetting the, you go through what she went through and see how great of a person you are right right exactly and, and all of that might be true but like at least she has the self-awareness to admit of all of like the shitty things that have happened to her in her life that like she has got to this point because of that and she acknowledges that yeah um so a defense attorney argued that she was in no state to honor a request like that. After this, Florida Governor Jeb Bush initiated a stay of execution for Eileen and instructed three psychiatrists to give her a test for competency to make sure it's, it's like a test that makes sure a condemned person understands they're being executed, yeah. like that they're mentally stable enough. All three judges found her mentally fit to be executed. Wow. What a job. Point, I know I like that's horrifying being the person that's saying yep there goes this person die <laughs> yeah. yep there goes um, them to the chair one thing I found really interesting is they assessed Eileen using the psychopathy checklist have you guys ever heard of that no I'd like I've to never, take it though I I've <laughs> never heard I've never heard of it either but let's do it I'm gonna find it it's like a series of questions, I guess. And you score, it's out of 40. And if you score above a 30, you're deemed a psychopath. And she scored a 32 out of 40. Ooh, what is the, how many do you have to get? Um, 
it's like a series of questions or something and it's out of 40 points so if you get anything over 30 you're ruled a psychopath not me i kind of want to take it for other people i know (laughs) not me doing it right now (laughs) yeah i want to do it too i'm looking it up Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, oh, okay. I'll do no, this okay. on my own time. <laughs> well, yeah, something was blocked. What's not? <laughs> not on the work computer. <laughs> um, so while on death row, Eileen complained that she was being treated inhumanely. Her food was being tainted with dirt, saliva, and even urine. She said she overheard employees of the prison talking about pushing her to the brink in order to get her to commit suicide before her execution. She also complained of strip searches, tight handcuffing, door kicking, frequent window checks, low water pressure, mildew on her mattress, and cat calling, which just sounds like a prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, she boycotted showering and food trays when certain officers were on duty. Her attorney stated that Eileen just wanted humane treatment until she was executed. Also stating that if the allegations don't have any truth to them, she's clearly delusional. She believes what she's written. So I think that was like a big thing too with her. Like, it's hard to like, kind of like have an opinion, I think, yeah. on her case, because I think she genuinely believed everything she was saying. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. even if like she wasn't, being raped or something you know like I'm not saying she wasn't but like even if she wasn't she genuinely believed that she was about to be or something like that so that's what people were saying was the issue was like no matter if it's true or not like she believes it's true yeah. yeah yeah um so Eileen's mental health appeared to begin declining as that closer her execution Either that or she just wanted people to think that she was crazier than she actually was. She claimed that her mind was tortured and that her head was being controlled by sonic pressure. Come again? (laughs) She also described her impending death as angels taking her away on a spaceship. Okay. But she's mentally competent these people are saying Mm -hmm. mentally competent i think like what some people try to like prove with her is that she was just like super evil and was making all of this shit up and was playing a character like like that she was just like the the documentary an evil genius and she just like playing this character that she was mentally ill delusional Mm -hmm. all of this poor me shit when she was actually a psychopath like making all of it up right that's like like a game yeah i think that's like the biggest debate with her yeah um eileen was brought to the death chamber on october 9th 2002 after 10 years on death row i found conflicting reports on her last meal (laughs) (laughs) uh it was either a cup of coffee or a kfc personally i'd want the chicken yeah (laughs) it were me (laughs) let me just peak my anxiety with a cup of coffee before we go yeah maybe it was kfc with coffee yeah mixed into the mashed potatoes (laughs) like a nice iced coffee to wash down oh my god i want fried chicken pure poop (laughs) 
<laughs> her last words were yes I would just like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus June 6th like the movie big mothership and all I'll be back I'll be back nice <laughs> I love that for her like the movie like the movie <laughs> my favorite part was the mothership like that's right that's the unique yeah imagine as soon as i see a spaceship i'm gonna be like eileen <laughs> <laughs> she was executed by lethal injection at 9 47 a.m eastern standard time she was the second woman in florida to receive the death penalty and the 10th to be executed since the 1976 united states supreme court decision that restored capital punishment after her execution, Eileen was cremated. Her, ashu- her ashes were spread beneath a tree in Michigan by a childhood friend, Dawn Botkins. How did Dawn get stuck with that responsibility? I have no idea. Like, I don't know if they kept person. in touch. I just like, it was just like a childhood friend that has talked about her since yeah. all this came out. I guess the only person they could contact, I guess, to yeah. give it to her. Yeah. Um, so Eileen's story and likeness has been the focus of many books, television shows, films, music, and documentaries. Um, Nick Broomfield's, oh wait, oh yeah, no, Nick Broomfield's filmed one of the many documentaries featuring Eileen's life called Eileen, Life and Death of a Serial Killer. After her death, he speculated on her motive and state of mind. And I wanted to like include this quote because I think it's kind of what I was picking up on too, the way he describes her. I think this anger developed inside her. She was working as a prostitute. I think she had a lot of awful encounters on the road. And I think this anger just spilled out from inside her and finally exploded into incredible violence. That was her way of surviving. I think Eileen really believed that she had killed in self-defense. I think someone who's deeply psychotic can't really tell that the difference between something that is life-threatening and something that is a minor disagreement, that you could say something that she didn't agree with. She would get into screaming black temper about it. And I think that's what had caused these things to happen. And at the same time, when she wasn't in those extreme moods, there was an incredible humanity to her. Mm. that's interesting I'm just so torn Mm. (laughs) yeah it's like it's either that or she was sane and just fucking evil and played a character right that's why I kind of wanted to talk about her because there's just so many different levels to it that like from the start like seeing all these other things about her I was like oh she's fucking crazy psychotic just killing people And then when I read about her background and like, I developed my own opinion, I just like pity her and I wish that she had the help that she needed and maybe she could have been a better person. Who knows? Um, So I know you're probably wondering what happened to her girlfriend. (laughs) I was. I was. Tyria. Yeah. So Tyria Moore was the star witness in the case against Eileen. She was up on the stand. I think they said a total of like seven. I don't even remember actually. 75. Wait. A long time. <laughs> a long time. I'll just say a long time. Um, 
but yeah, she was up on the stand a good portion of the court case. Um, before Eileen admitted on the phone that she killed seven men, um, Tyria, I, if I'm understanding this correctly, I wasn't totally understanding, but I think Tyria only thought that Eileen had killed Richard Mallory. And that was the um, one who she did say attacked her? Yeah, and that was the first one. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but she did say she had a hunch that after, I guess after a while, she had a hunch that um, there was more going on and there was yeah. more victims because she ended up coming home with um, like stolen things. And like, it was at that point that Tyria was like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I don't want to get involved. And she actually left and went back to Scranton. And that's why they found her in Scranton. Wow. Um, so by testifying against Eileen, like, did she not get in trouble because she knew that Eileen killed the first guy? Yeah, she got immunity yeah. for getting her to admit it. Um, on her last day in court, uh, Tyria never made eye contact with Eileen. And it was the last time they ever saw each other. Oh. Um. Eileen never really stopped proclaiming her love for Tyria. And like, I read a lot about her saying that it was love of her life and everything. Um, and although she's lived a very quiet and reclusive life since the trial, rumor has it that Tyria is still living with family in Pennsylvania. Hmm. Road trip. <laughs> Added to our Scranton. list of spots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's it. That's the story of Eileen Warnos. That was a happy one. I know. It was mm-hmm. really not one moment of happiness. <laughs> it's a controversial <laughs> one for sure. Lots of people have different opinions about her. Right. Yeah. Because I, I think it's it. like, if you're just like seeing what it is from the surface and like, oh yeah, I just heard of her. But like, if you don't actually hear the background and stuff, mm-hmm. like you just think of her as like an evil, horrible person, which she could have been. She very well yeah. could have been. But she was ma- like, it's not for nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I, f- I feel like Natalie and Bruglia. What? Because she's I'm torn. torn. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nothing <laughs> is name fine. I didn't even know that was her name. Torn. She's yeah. a one-hit wonder. First song, One Direction, ever sang together. Yeah, please. It was not. I like that one. I actually do remember them singing that. I don't know you say that. <laughs> I feel sad for her. Rest in peace. <laughs> Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, I think I like I, I pity her more now that I know about her life and like she was never really given a chance and I think she genuinely believed everything she was saying like I don't yeah yeah and that's why it's hard to, bro- like, she, I think she was just broken like she was a broken mm-hmm. person yeah yeah how do you go through all of that and come out okay on the other side yeah she didn't have like one instance of like joy uh, no <laughs> in her life. yeah well Sarah, I hope you have an upper next week. <laughs> I have zero idea. Oh, really? No, yeah, I think you're the only one that has a list. Like, I don't know anything anymore. Well, I have a list, and then I go back, I'm like, that was stupid. Yeah. I have a whole... I have a whole list. I can screenshot and send it to you guys if you want, but I just do it because, like, I remember, like, one of the first, like, couple weeks, I think, 
when I had mine, I had no idea what to do. And I was like sweating because I was trying to find something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is a good one. I think you did a very good job. Yeah. Good job. Thank you. You taught us a lot about a pretty well-known case. Yeah. Definitely recommend um, seeing some of the documentaries or movies. Monster is pretty good. I just have this memory of like my mom being really into that movie. (laughs) What? I'm going to ask her. I don't know if she's really into it. Maybe she like rented it or something one time. It's like the only memory you have as a child. (laughs) Yeah, I like connect that movie with my mom watching it. Interesting. It's a little scary. You got something something explaining to do, Linda. (laughs) Not Linda. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, I hope you have a wonderful time at the wedding. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Is it tomorrow or Saturday? It's Saturday. We're flying in tomorrow. There's thunderstorms there when we land. So pray for my soul. <laughs> yes. yes. Which yeah. Dakota is it? South. South. Not that I know the difference between the two of them. But they should just be one giant Dakota, I think. Just just Dakota is fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe they split it up because it was too big. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, but then Texas is gigantic. I know. So is mm. California. I can't wait for <laughs> Texas to like what is it called when they leave secede we ran into some technical difficulties at the end of (laughs) this episode Um, so we all say bye resources for this episode include allthatsinteresting.com wikipedia.com capitalpunishmentincontext.org and murderpedia.org desk chair